Jesus, we do pray for the peace and the prosperity of our city. Thank you for the place that we get to call home. And we ask that you would continue to bless and keep Colorado Springs and all who live within it. And help us to be the church in the city for the sake of the city. Teach us and show us how to live our lives in such a way that our very presence filled with the Spirit of God brings flourishing and thriving to our city, particularly to those who find themselves on the edges, on the margins, those in pain, those who are suffering, those who are lost and lonely and worried and afraid. May the very presence of the church in the city of Colorado Springs bring hope to those who so desperately need it. And we ask for your comfort for all who grieve and remember this Memorial Day weekend. Would you be near to them today with the presence and the comfort of Jesus Christ? And thank you for the opportunity we have to be together outside on this Pentecost Sunday, celebrating the gift of the church, the gift of one another, and the gift of your creation. We love you and thank you in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen, amen. You may be seated. It's great to see you. My goodness, what a turnout. This is amazing. This is one of my favorite Sundays of the year to be outside, to be all together. I'm on round two of sunscreen. Uh, I'll be on round three in about 30 minutes, around four, about an hour after that, um, because my Norwegian skin does not do well outside uh, much longer than that. And then there'll be some point I'll just tuck away underneath a tree uh, and just hide there until the sun starts to go down. Uh, but it's great to see you. Welcome, New Life Downtown. If you're visiting here, if you came with somebody, you're like, hey, I'll I'll go to church outside of the park. That sounds amazing. Welcome. We're glad you're here. Maybe you just be walking by the park. You were here for other reasons and uh, you saw us gather. We welcome you as well. My name is Jason Jackson. I'm the lead pastor of New Life Downtown. We normally meet on Sunday mornings at Palmer High School. During the summer, we're going to meet at one service at 930 uh, in the morning at Palmer. Just a reminder to everybody that starts next week. Next Sunday, one service at 930. If you're just walking by and want to know how to get involved in a local church, you're Welcome to join us any Sunday there at Palmer High School uh, throughout the summer. Then uh, in the fall, we'll look to go back to our normal service times from there. But we normally meet there, but every Memorial Day, we come out here. I think this is the ninth time that we've been out here for Church in the Park. Uh, Evan is traveling today, so I don't have my New Life Downtown historian to double check uh, all of those facts. But what amazing weather. This is absolutely incredible uh, that we got this day after all the amazing rain. Wow. So as I said, today is Pentecost Sunday. It's the day we celebrate the coming of the Spirit and the birth of the church. It's also our last Sunday in our series through 1 John. If you've been with us for the last couple of weeks, been walking through this sermon that an early follower of Jesus writes to a church that's in crisis, writes to a church that's been impacted by false teachers who have led people out of fellowship, out of community with one another. And so John pens this sermon as a way to encourage them uh, to stay together, to stay in a word that he uses to stay in fellowship, or the Greek word is 
koinonia. It's the idea of staying in close, common fellowship and participation with one another to continue in a common life. For John, this is actually the whole goal of the gospel. The goal of Jesus's life, death, and resurrection, the goal of the good news about Jesus is to bring us into participation in the divine, eternal life of God and participation in the common life of one another to make us one with Jesus and one with one another. This is the very reason Jesus came is to reconcile us to himself and to reconcile us to one another that we might be for the world a reconciling presence, the kind of people whose very life together calls people in to participating in God's very life and in the life of the church. One of John's favorite words for describing this is the word abide. In some translations of the Bible, it'll say dwell or remain, but he likes this image. And the reason I think he likes it so much is because his teacher did. This is a word that Jesus himself uses in John chapter 15 as he's talking to John and the other disciples. He says to them, abide in me, remain in me, dwell in me as I abide in you. Then Jesus goes on to use a metaphor from the vineyard to illustrate exactly what he's talking about. He says, I am the vine and you are the branches. The vine is what gives life to the branches. The connection between the vine and the branch is essential for life. For the branch to become disconnected means certain death. Not only the inability to bear fruit, but the inability to actually survive and to thrive. It's an essential connection. John and Jesus say it's essential that we abide in him, that we remain with Jesus, that we dwell with him, that we make our home with him, that we remain in him and with him. But that's only possible because he abides in us. He says it this way, he says, abide in me as I abide in you. Throughout John's work, we learn that we abide in Jesus by obeying his commands, by apprenticing ourselves to the master teacher and learning how to live our lives in Jesus's way. But how exactly does Jesus abide in us? We know throughout these texts that we're called to abide in him by listening to his voice and following his ways. But John also tells us how it is that Jesus abides, remains, dwells, with us. According to John, it's by the very Spirit of God. 1 John 3, 24 says this, and by this we know that he abides in us by the Spirit that he has given us. He says it similarly in 1 John 4, 13, by this we know we abide in him and he in us because he has given us the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, which we celebrate and remember on this Pentecost Sunday, is the abiding gift of God's personal presence to us. The invisible, indwelling, very presence of the triune God abides in us by the Spirit. The New Testament writers compare this image to God filling 
the, uh, the tabernacle and the temple in the Old Testament with his presence. We see these multiple moments where the real presence of God descends and resides in the midst of his people in a very particular place, in the tabernacle in the wilderness, in the temple in Jerusalem. God abides, he dwells, he remains in a particular place with his people. In the Old Testament, the idea that we see is that this place where God abides is where heaven and earth overlap, where the very life of God and the life of the world meet. God wasn't restricted to that place, but he chose to abide there, to remain, to dwell, to be present and available to his people. On the day of Pentecost, though, after the life, death, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus, the Father and the Son send the Spirit of God to abide not in a place, but in a people. No longer in a particular place, but in a particular people. God has now chosen to abide in and among us in and among his people, individually and corporately. We find the New Testament talks about the Spirit dwelling in us as believers and dwelling in the church. The followers of Jesus in the New Testament become portable temples, little porta temples walking around the ancient world. And we too become carriers of this presence of God wherever we go, in our homes, in our workplaces, in our neighborhoods, in coffee shops. Everywhere we go, we're a portable temple walking around filled with the Spirit of God. And the church, every local church becomes an outpost, a local temple a place in which God dwells by his spirit, communities in whom the life of God and the life of the world meets. The good news of Pentecost is that through the spirit, Jesus now abides in you. Jesus abides in me. Jesus abides in us. In all things, in all situations, in all circumstances, the good news of Pentecost is that God is with us. We are not alone and we are not on our own, but God is constantly and always with us. He is continually filling our lives with his very life. He's filling our lives with his very presence and all that comes with it, all that comes with the very presence of God, his comfort, his strength, his wisdom, his love, his power, his discernment, all of it comes with him. Through the Spirit, God is giving all of himself to all of us all of the time. <laughs> with Pentecost, we now have access to the very presence of God wherever we find ourselves and whatever situation we find ourselves in. And this is not because of something that we have done. John says it twice to make it really clear because God has given us the spirits. Friends, our God is a generous God. He is a God who gives, a God who gives his very spirit to everyone who believes. He gives freely and he gives indiscriminately. 
regardless of race or ethnicity or gender or marital status or education or socioeconomic status. He has given the gift of his spirit to all believers to unite all believers in his presence and to carry his presence wherever he sends us. The spirit fills and unites the church. The spirit is the abiding gift of God himself. This is always God's greatest gift to us. God's greatest gift to us is always himself. It's giving himself to us. And it's the continual gift that he gives. Always and everywhere, God is continually giving all of himself to all of us. And we remember the generosity of God every week as we come to the table. Wherever if you are, if you want to grab your communion elements, if you didn't receive communion elements when you came in, there's some at this table here, this table here. Uh, there's a table there in the middle and then a table in the middle on this side if you want to go and grab communion elements for everyone that doesn't have them. For those of you that do, you'll remember these from the pandemic. These are the communion elements that take 45 minutes to open. Uh, so you may want to go ahead and begin to open those now. Uh, but just hold on to them. We're going to receive them together here in just a moment. But here at the table of the Lord, we remember the generous God, the God who gives all of himself to all of us all of the time. And we remember on the night that he handed himself over to suffering and death, our Lord Jesus took bread. And when he had blessed it, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples and he said, take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. And if you're able to, why don't you go ahead and open that top part, take out the cracker and break it in your hand as a reminder that Jesus gave his body for us. You can hold on to that and then we're gonna open the other parts. In the same way after supper, he took the cup of wine and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and he said, drink of this, all of you. This is my blood of a new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sin. So whenever you drink it, do so in remembrance of me. You can go ahead and open that second part. As we remember the great mystery of our faith today, Christ has died, Christ is risen, and Christ will come again. And these are the gifts of God that have been given for us, the people of God, given to us freely, given to us indiscriminately, given to us generously and sacrificially. This is the generosity of God put on display for us in the person of Jesus and the coming of the Spirit. And so we remember Jesus' great sacrifice for us today. This is the body of Christ given for us. Let's receive it now. And this is the blood of Christ shed for us. Let's receive it together. And now, wherever you are, let's stand and sing a couple more songs together. If you're looking for the lyrics on the tables, there's a little QR code that you can scan and get the lyrics on your phone or just sing along whatever song the Lord puts in your heart this morning. <laughs> 